Hello, family. Welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. And as we enter this month of celebration of America's independence, we must first commemorate Juneteenth, a holiday that marks the true end of slavery in the United States almost 100 years after Independence Day, June 19, 1865. For the first time ever, the city of Philadelphia's official 4th of July celebration, known as Wild Wild Welcome America, includes Juneteenth events, kicking off a season of independence in Philadelphia starting on June 19th and continuing through July 4th. Today we speak to two brothers instrumental to the messaging and programming this year. Ivan Henderson, Vice President of Programming at the African American Museum in Philadelphia, and Kamau Ware, author and founder of the Black Gotham Experience. But first, we have a tradition and it is the lightning round. Our topic this time, what are you looking forward to to commemorate and celebrate Juneteenth and 4th of July? Um, there's a lot of programming and activities in Philadelphia. I am. I am. (laughs) Excuse you. So what I was going to say (laughs) is that because for me, this is always about family and I am looking forward to taking my little rye guy to AMP on Juneteenth. They have free programming all day and a lot of activities and things you can take home. So we'll definitely be at AMP. Yeah. Sir. Huh. (laughs) I didn't know if you're going to pull one out. Uh, (laughs) He's got his nerve. I was with him for a minute. I thought you was about to do a a list of events, but no, no, no. I was going to say there's so many activities going on (laughs) because we need to be speaking about this more than just one day. And then I was going to talk talk about the gospel concert and a lot of other things Oh, here she comes, Justin. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, your turn, Laia. So for me, uh, of course, barbecue is a thing, but I have my own tradition when it comes to Juneteenth and the 4th, and that is really going back and reading Frederick Douglass' speech that he made on an Independence Day commemoration, which is really the perfect link to Juneteenth and to the 4th of July as he speaks to a crowd and tells them, how dare you invite me to speak about freedom when my people ain't free. So therefore, I invite you all to Google this Frederick Douglass 4th of July speech. That's what I do. So for me, there's actually 16 museums that are open for free during the course of this period from June 19th through July 4th. So wait to a be minute. able to- wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. This is a specific program and lane. So I'm looking forward to going to three museums for free. Three, you said? Because I yes, thought we had to like choose. you know them? No, because I thought you had to choose one location. This is what you do, Rachel. Hold on. Which one are you looking forward to the most, Justin? <laughs> Good job, Leia. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe he called me out and then was doing the same thing. <laughs> he called me out because I was doing it first. Philly has so many things to do. There is a lot to do. It is, but Justin, what's the one? See, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. When it comes to museums, Ivan Henderson is our guy. Ivan jump-started his museum interest and career with the African American Museum of Philadelphia as an educator. But then he longed for more, so he headed to the University of Delaware, where he would become the curator of education and outreach at the university's museums. He helped establish a student docent program. He managed public and educational programming for three campus galleries, coordinated marketing, PR, and effort for the museums, and still taught at the museum studies program. He now brings all that expertise back Back home to AMP, where he is now vice president of programming and leading this year's plans for Juneteenth. I admittedly did not know what Juneteenth was, 
until I met Rachel and joined Visit Philadelphia. So will you tell listeners what Juneteenth is and where it comes from? I didn't grow up knowing about Juneteenth either. Um, I found out about it as an adult, heard the word, and then even took a couple more years to actually find out what it really is. Juneteenth is June 19th. The original date was June 19th, 1865. The date upon which enslaved Africans in Galveston, Texas, finally heard of President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which ended slavery for the first time in September of 1862. So two and a half years before that news to spread across the country, we're in a different sort of analog age. That significance, of course, signals the end of the Civil War and supposedly a change in American history and the status of Africans and African-Americans here and what is and is not possible. So that, in a nutshell, is Juneteenth, a very important date. And this year... We're very excited in Philadelphia because we're tying together the usual July 4th celebration with Juneteenth. Usually I'm giving my Frederick Douglass speech on 4th of July, but now you're telling me Juneteenth is coming together with 4th of July and I don't need to inform people about I, the freedom of Black people on 4th of July. Let's go. Thank you, thank I want to say we're building <laughs> the importance of building a bridge yes. and telling to very different perspective yeah. and making sure all voices and all stories are told. Mm-hmm. And what's really significant, and I, you know, I definitely want Ivan to dive more into this, is the African-American Museum in Philadelphia is a hub. It's a connector for history, the Black experience, stories, and really raising awareness and building up so many other attractions that are within the region. And And it connects stories when you think about the, you know, the president's house and the nine enslaved Africans that lived there and so much more. So, Ivan, can you speak more about the bridge of two American milestones are so important that both stories are told? Uh, Of course. And uh, I have to say your three voices and words all reflect parts of what I've been thinking about and going Mm -hmm. through. Right. But let's go back to uh, what Justin said and, and the sensitive remarks Rachel just made connecting Juneteenth and July 4th. And I'm a word person, right? I'm an English English major. Come on, Harvard, let's go. Right, right. So there's no need to connect them. They are naturally and in fact, quite truthfully connected, right? Mm-hmm. The founding of this nation built upon wealth derived from enslavement and slave labor. Less than 100 years after the Declaration of Independence in 1776, July 4th, less than 100 years, we are tying the bow on a civil war for the soul of the nation in many modes of thought. And so they are entirely connected. And in fact, we are in the business of highlighting and playing up those connections. And I think that's what's going on so much. History is being made every day, but what we are are welcoming new voices and new modes of thought into the history we already thought we knew. We we have to look with new eyes, forget what we know, and welcome as many people as possible into the discourse. So July 4th is fireworks and celebration. Juneteenth is a commemoration and celebration of the end of enslavement. But there's a whole gap and opportunity and window for critical thought, along with what is celebration. There are traditions um, on both sides. I mean, Juneteenth has its traditions, but we can't forget what it's for. And what are the truths and myths? I'm going to have an honest moment. I never understood what we were celebrating since truly most of the population wasn't free. So if we're celebrating Independence Day and most of the population wasn't free, what are we celebrating, uh, Sir Ivan? I'll take it another step. Look, 
there is something special and undeniable about civic pride and about people welling up and swelling up over their different causes and the things <laughs> that they connect themselves to. I, I, yeah, we could talk about it, but you're not going to stop it. But for me, so it's not about getting rid of July 4th. It is about thinking critically about what was accomplished. What is the value of the growth of independence in an increasingly interdependent world? And that was back then. The moment they declared independence, they moved into interdependence internationally. Now we're there on a whole other level. I just had a, a high school student ask me and a question I couldn't answer. What's the value of patriotism? I can give you an answer. I know how it feels. I've been there. People who have served in my family and in my community who I love and respect. I love to see us in uniform. I won't lie about that. But it's not a simple answer to what's the value of patriotism and what happened on July 4th and 1776 and what happened on Juneteenth in 1865. Did slavery end? Oh, no, it, no. Right. Did America become in, independent? And so there's the, right, that's, right, that's the right. window for, for critical thought. It's so much about celebrating the past, both holidays, but I think this year, more importantly, we need to think about a new past That's and right. learning the real history of That's all it. of these things. That's and it. I mean, I think to me, Personally, that's what my eyes have been open to. I need to ask more questions. And the things that I was taught left a lot of things out and purposely pushed a lot of history that's more mythology. Yes. Definitely thank goodness for the historians, the leaders, the activists that have made sure the grandmothers, the grandfathers yes, mm -hmm. that we know these stories. Yes. Ivan, in your role at the African American Museum in Philadelphia, like that is so critical for so many generations to keep those stories and that history alive. But Absolutely. at the same time, it brings you to other conversations that Ivan, you have amplified and really are, I want to say, just raising awareness to the fact of freedom to liberty and what exactly does that mean? Well, I mean, and here's where I am a museum person. I want to rock the crowd with the hard-hitting facts. I want to protect and preserve righteous Black space. And I always want to think about Black agency through our Black museum and telling these stories. And then, You and know, people are going to have to rewind this whole conversation and look up about five of those terms that you just dropped, Black agency. There's more. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I know you got more. That's good. No, I'm, I'm saying that's good. I okay. want us to challenge each other in that way. I want us to be interesting and well-informed and eloquent enough to make people go look stuff up and have conversations they wouldn't have otherwise had. Every year, Juneteenth, June 19th, which is also our museum's birthday, born June 19th oh. in 1976 on the occasions of the nation's bicentennial, that'll always be 15 days apart. So we, when we think about practice, these seasons, often observed around religion, all my Muslim friends just came out of Ramadan, I think about the seven days of Kwanzaa. There's a certain amount of endurance that goes along with those seven days of reflection and commemoration. So here we have a fortnight right to kick off the summer at a time where we are inclined to want to go out and enjoy one another and enjoy the world around us. So let's add to that opportunities to discover things and to, and to migrate inches, if not feet, mentally towards other ideas that we didn't have before June. And if we can establish that, we can incrementally increase that year by year. I've been thinking about this and, you know, I'm not the first. I mean, scholars have written about this 30 years ago, the, the link between July 4th and Juneteenth. But I've been thinking about this through a museum perspective for a couple of years. And I'm thinking after the year we had, we cannot go back to normal anything. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we're in the business of challenging ourselves and everyone around us, now is the time to establish that practice. We see what pre-existing conditions were there that showed that we hadn't done this for generations Mm -hmm. in any small way. Mm -hmm. So here's a chance. I love what you said in generations, centuries, if you you know want to say that. And it makes me think about Laia and Justin, the conversation around the same time last year when we were talking about the cries for social justice and equity and fairness and bringing all of that to light for all Americans, for Philadelphians. And now we're at a point that we can go back outside and be with one another. How important it is that we take the time to continue speaking about, participating, educating, celebrating about this history and all that Philadelphia is contributing to the world, has contributed, raising awareness and how important that is now more than ever. Once again, I'm a museum person. There's a long game and a short game. Museums actually play the long game, right? We're supposed to collect objects and ideas, preserve them forever if we can, and interpret them, you know, in phases over time with new angles on scholarship. And so we should be forever changed and be canonizing and collecting new ideas and objects out of these moments the way the Missouri History Museum did in my hometown. After the very sort of first flashpoints in the Black Lives Matter movement, they collected objects that would have normally been thrown away after uh, an era of protest and unrest. Instead, they collected them as part of St. Louis and Missouri history and take them into their collection, which they'll preserve and interpret forever as part of the legitimate local landscape. We have to learn from that example from several years ago That example is what brought me back to the African-American Museum in Philadelphia because I thought I loved where I was working, but that I can be in a platform where I know that I am interacting with folks who had my same needs, who had the same needs that I had mental, emotional and otherwise growing up. And therefore, some of my message and my approach to my work might resonate. We should be forever changed because we have seen so much death that can literally be traced to inequity. You know, I mean, and that's the virus. We've seen the other death and destruction of black life that's also traced to inequity. And we've seen that for centuries on a continuum. And we've had enough, we've lost plenty. And we, especially as adults and leaders, right? I, I got young children. As adults and leaders, we've cheated them. We've missed a moment. We missed opportunity if we don't do something different and everybody get uncomfortable. And this is a little uncomfortable for anybody. If it's not, you're probably not thinking hard enough. But linking these ideas should be uncomfortable in a way that we can celebrate. Ivan, can you tell us about some of the programming that AMP has lined up as it relates to the concept and themes of freedom to liberty? Well, I mentioned that scholars and artists have especially engaged with this over the decades. Uh, So I am working with a a very talented professor, P. Gabrielle Foreman of Penn State University and the Color Conventions Project to give a keynote talk, which we'll record and and rebroadcast and reuse. But there she will directly refer to a work of art by artist Glenn Ligon, a print which directly refers to the link between 1776 and 1865. So through that and her fiery scholarship, we want to set the tone. 
there will be some movement mentally if, if you if you accept or believe any of it. But at the same time, you will be fully engaged. Listening to Dr. Foreman speak is a full body experience. On Saturday, June 19th, we will have our performances, uh, cultural-based performances, activities for families, and plenty of education on site that are both grounded in the Juneteenth theme. But because all things in Black history are connected, uh, we'll also be highlighting objects and ideas around the Anna Russell Jones exhibition, which is going on in AMP. Anna Russell Jones, an African-American woman from Philly, the first Black woman to graduate from Moore College of Art, the first to enlist to fight in World War II in service from this area, also on that continuum of the link between Black freedom and the independence that we say we fought for on July 4th. She embodied it. Uh, but we got some pretty cool things coming up. We're working with the uh, Film Society on, on a drive-in selection around Black Wall Street. We are working with Kamal Ware of Black Gotham on a discussion on July 1st where he comfortably dwells in that revolutionary era time period, but in Black lives during that time period. So he will also tie a bow on the idea that there's a very strong connection between Black life, Black emancipation, and America's original act of liberation. What needs to be clear is Black history is American history. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Thank you. Thank Cause you. Because y'all brought us over here, so. Yeah, <laughs> and we have to live in it. We didn't do it, but how can we do better? No, yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. Black history, and especially Philadelphia Black history, right, of this era is literally all, yes. all Philly history is world history. Even when you think about Philadelphia and 2021, so many people now when they're thinking about travel, they're thinking about travel with a purpose. What greater purpose is than our history and Philadelphia has yeah. so much history. Come get some of this Underground Railroad, honey. Come no matter who but, but you are. like Not the history you grew up with in a textbook. This right. is the real history. Right. It's, it's and, like, and people have to seek it out. It's so special what's going on in Philadelphia, thanks to AMP this year, of bringing more awareness to Juneteenth what it celebrates, and it makes people think about the 4th of July more. We hope to see you and everybody at the museum. Whether you come to AMP or not, go somewhere and learn something new. Challenge yourself and take the people you love with you. Okay, Her's new fire potato chips and cheese curls, they are spicy. Whew, they're hot as snacks yet. Hold on. But you know, it's not just heat. There's some nice, sweet, and savory stuff going on, too. Ooh, there's that heat again. It burns, but it burns so tasty. Ooh, that's hot. Find Hearst Fire Snacks at your store today. Ooh, taste the flavor, feel the heat, break out the Hearst. Kamau Ware is here to end whitewashing of American history one walking tour at a time. This self-confessed history nerd, artist, and educator created Black Gotham to present an immersive visual storytelling project that celebrates the impact of the African diaspora on New York City by walking tours, events, and art. And now he's bringing this concept to Philadelphia and Wawa Welcome America. Can you imagine learning about these Black stories that are left out of Philadelphia history in this super dope way? Well, you don't have to imagine. First of all, the Black Gotham experience Mm. And I was reading your bio and you were showing a group of students a tour mm -hmm. and a young lady asked you a question at the end of the tour. Yes. What was that question? Where were the black people? 
where were the black people as you were giving a tour about history? Yes, it was in, it's in the Lower East Side. And a lot of these stories of New York's origins, as well as the meritocracy mythology of people came here and worked hard and got ahead. And that's all you have to do is work hard. But then you have this other tension of people who've worked harder than anybody <laughs> who have been here for centuries, somehow didn't have the exact same graces as them. And so part of the question, where were the black people for me was not necessarily just a matter of location, but of quality. Like what is the quality of this narrative? We hear all these stories of other people. Where is the black story? Not just where are the black people, but where is the black story? Where do we right. fit in? And I think that it's important for us to always push our origin stories because it's not just about centering me as a founder and how smart I am. It's really important for people to understand to listen to black girls, to listen to children and to be humble enough to let somebody blow your mind with the simplest question. And if anything, I'm just following the North Star laid out to me by a young black girl that's now hopefully in her 20s. And I hope the world has continued to answer her questions as I'm doing my best to do 12 years later. So with that young lady asking that question, you've now reimagined the spaces that directly have been impacted by the African diaspora as Every human space. stories. <laughs> Explored yeah. through interactive storytelling, visual storytelling, and combining history. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what people will experience on July 1st when you are at the African American Museum in Philadelphia? We cannot wait. I'm really, really excited for this. What they're going to get is one of one. It's, it's not like something that is coming prepackaged or something that we've done 12 times. We like to bring things to Philadelphia that are situated in the traditions of the space. And part of what I love about Philadelphia, including its grit, you know what I'm saying, ah. is the sonic traditions of Philadelphia that show up from a very soulful people. And so I really wanted to work with a DJ. It's one of the first that told the director of programs, my man, James Claiborne. I was like, yes, James Claiborne. Like, yeah, brother Jimmy. Yes. I was like, let's make sure we have like a DJ, not just as a person spinning records, but like somebody I can have as an interlocutor to have conversations and let the music and the sonics provide the right vinyl. One. So yeah, I, th I thought that was critical. And then as we bring people on stage, I'm more or less not going to be in character, but I want to really bring forward a figure that is a bit obscure in the narrative of the revolution, which often almost exclusively centers around white males. But you have a person who was passing as white, who was of African descent, who was more than likely from um, Saint-Domingue. Some people say Jamaica, some say they don't know where it came from. But Samuel Francis spent time in Philadelphia, more or less operating the presidential house under George Washington. But he was a, a major figure in New York before coming to Philadelphia. And I want to be able to like look at the lens of a person who ran a tavern that was an entrepreneur, that was a culinary leader, that was, you know, gangster. And bring some of that tradition to the stage and look at revolution now, because revolution doesn't always involve, you know, grabbing a horse and a gun. It could be like that person that runs that tavern or that bookshop, the conversations that we're having that push the culture forward and ask the right questions. I love that. And actually, some of his story was 
highlighted in the displays at the president's house, which is at Independence Mall in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where nine enslaved Africans were held. So Black Gotham is an experience that started in New York. Is this your second city? We've done three programs together, African American Museum in Philadelphia and myself and Black Gotham Experience. My first talk out of town was in 2017, American Association of State and Local History, and the conversation was on monuments. I remember like talking to um, people afterwards, including Director Lonnie Bunch of the Smithsonian, and he just gave me dap, like, brother, you, you brought an edge to the way our ancestors should be remembered. And that just kind of like stayed with me. I'd try my best to just like be myself. And some people like say, yeah, but you kind of have a cadence that feels real hip hoppy, you know, right. down to earth and poetic and metaphorical, but the facts be facts. And we haven't always gone to libraries and museums to get our history. We usually get it from the ground. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's important. So the reason I asked that, too, was because in my understanding of Black Gotham and what you've done for history, especially New York and Philly as well as bringing these figures into existence is for people like Lonnie Bunch. And I like to call it Blacksonian. It feels like you're the mobile piece to them because Mm -hmm. if you go to the Blacksonian and you read about all these uprisings that happened in places like New York, Philadelphia, black uprisings, massacres, this is information that you don't get when you are in these different cities locally. So I was, in my mind, I was thinking, I was like, okay, so what Kamau is doing is kind of bringing our history, which is a part of the country's history, locally to people who don't (laughs) understand the connection of black people. And sometimes we have these borders in our minds about like what state you live in, what city you live in, who's your basketball team, right? But really, mm-hmm. when it comes to like black folk and the souls of black folk, those barriers don't mean nothing. Mm. That is so true. This makes me think about even the African-American Museum, their involvement in really taking the lead in the programming in Philadelphia for Mm. the first time in the city's Welcome America Festival, which traditionally focuses on July 4th and Independence And what does that mean? AMP is taking the lead with programming Mm -hmm. to build that bridge so that it's more of an inclusive and truthful story told as a Juneteenth and programming throughout the several days, which is why your event is taking place. So I wanted to ask you about the historical significance and contemporary relevance of the Juneteenth and July 4th holidays. Hey, it's a conversation. And I think that Juneteenth in and of itself is already like a series of conversations that really is at the heart of the United States. And some people often are inclined to be celebratory and say, you know, it's Freedom Day, it's Emancipation Day. This is when we found out we were free. And we had these different kind of culinary traditions. We don't quite have the same type of practices like a Kwanzaa, like the Saba, or like lighting candles. But I think that it's important to like, you know, look at that particular event on June 19, 1865, and be more in dialogue from a historical standpoint with the celebration so we don't ever lose the reflection with the celebration. Because right. the 13th Amendment wasn't signed at that point in time. And so legally, those white folks in Texas that was being shady and denying black folks their rights were almost in a more wholesome position than police officers in 2021 that just snatched black life off the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we weren't necessarily free. Even the Emancipation Proclamation was not something that freed black people carte blanche. It was about the seceding states they were able to say, okay, your folks are now free, but they already seceded and had their own 
president. And so that wasn't really something that was enforceable until the war was over, which wasn't until April. Right. So it wasn't like it was two years. It's kind of like everything was fluid. So to just say, yeah, that's the day we became free or to say that our freedom began January 1st, 1863 is just not really historically correct. We have things to celebrate, but we got to make sure that as we're building culture and talking to our young ones, that we don't give people a false timeline and say that some white man freed us, 1863. We've been fighting for freedom before Abraham Lincoln was born, and we're still fighting for freedom. It's an ongoing struggle. This is like 80 quarters of basketball. You know what I mean? That's why we have to continue even more conversation about these two holidays, because as the population becomes more aware of Juneteenth, we have to be careful of equating right to July 4th and how they feed each other. Yeah. I mean, and black people were literally feeding the country with our blood and sweat, with our very backs and and then the things that we produced and how they were taxed and how they were exported and building the wealth of the nation. And so while we have a celebration of independence, we got to also turn that around and consider the fact that Thomas Jefferson's early drafts of the Declaration of Independence included getting rid of slavery. But then that was remixed because you had a couple of states that was like, nah, you know, South Carolina and Georgia was like, we ain't trying to be free if you're trying to take away slavery. So you, they're, they're both in conversation, yeah. but even both of them are their own conversation. Right. And mm-hmm. So I think right. that when you look at the juxtaposition between celebrating Juneteenth and July 4th, what we're really doing is we're basically bringing a little bit of a mirror to July 4th. Mm, you know that. what I'm saying? So like, like we, can, we can have July 4th and have hot dogs and fireworks, but like, how are we truly having independence and celebrating freedom while also enslaving people And that contradiction and hypocrisy is something that we just do without blinking. To your point, because it's also still remembering the pain, the sacrifices, the trauma. The lack of freedom, which is why it's interesting. I was hoping at some point in this Juneteenth celebration, I'm like, please, somebody say some Frederick Douglass words from his speech (laughs) about Independence Day. Because exactly what you just said is what he says in his speech. And everybody thinks Mr. Douglass was just riding. That is textbook shade. Because yes. the president that signed the Fugitive Slave Act was in the audience. You know what I'm Woo. saying? And so when you talk about shade, it's like, bruh, he was right there. And people knew what it was. It's Frederick Douglass. Yeah. So that- they came for those bars. They wanted all the smoke and he gave it to them. Can you please share with our listeners where they can find out more information about you, about Black Gotham Experience, anything Mm -hmm. else you want to let our listeners? DJ Rashid Sakat. Right, right. Yeah, Rashid's going to be in the building. We're going to also have Candice Elo, who's an amazing author. So yeah, we're going to nerd out. And (laughs) part of how you can find us is BlackGotham.com. We're pretty active on Instagram, at BlackGotham. So you can stay plugged in. We began like just like leaking out through our stories that we're going to be in Philadelphia on July 1st. And we really appreciate the love. And I must say for posterity that I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh, love my Mm. home city. Mm. And so growing up in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia was always like the big bro. You know what I mean? Like Pittsburgh didn't quite have like the uh, steady B's and the cool C's and like the Will Smith's. You know what I'm saying? The gambling hubs of the world. Yeah. Look, the EST's, all that. So it's like growing up in Pittsburgh, it was always cool to go to Philadelphia, do some shopping, you know, feel a different kind of energy. And then being in New York, I feel like coming to Philadelphia, 
is very much like always like a full circle for me. I've, I've always visited Philadelphia from both sides of the highway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coming from Pittsburgh and coming from New York. And so I've always appreciated the love I got from like the Ubers that come pick you up with the tenant windows pumping McMill. Listen, <laughs> listen. You know what I mean? They don't care what you want to hear. One last thing before you go. One last thing, please. That's loving so, Brit right a, there. I was just about to say. So I wanted to, A, remind our listeners that they can catch you Thursday, July 1st at the African American Museum in Philadelphia. And it's actually free with RSVP. So make sure you go to ampmuseum.org. And I want to ask you one question that we ask all of our guests. What okay. does love and grit mean to you? You can't have one without the other. Love ain't, yeah. love ain't for punks, yo. There's so much going on, as Rachel liked to point out at the top. <laughs> and 4th of July. We have all the answers for you at visitphilly.com. Make sure you go there, line up some things. There is so much to do in this city over the next couple weeks. It feels really good to be from it in Philadelphia where we do things right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, this is the first year we're doing this, and I don't know too many other cities that are doing this on this type of level. So just big ups to the city of Philadelphia for acknowledging the true history of America. And let's celebrate it.